This is just the perfect story for Thanksgiving weekend, the gateway to the holiday season where families come together and where the word gratitude is mentioned more often, where we become more focused on offering simple acts of kindness. And that's our theme for today's episode. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success and happy Thanksgiving. We talk a lot about mother love on this show, how it changes us forever, how huge that love is. But what about the love of a grandmother for her grandchild? In the spotlight, a woman who has made it her life's mission to support a noble idea hatched by her then 12-year-old grandson, Connor, during the pandemic. It's an idea rooted in a simple act of kindness. And today, Connor is 14, and that little idea has blossomed into a vibrant charity that's called Connor's Kindness Project. Check it out, connorskindnessproject.com. And his Nana is right there with him, supporting his idea and his vision every step of the way. She's the co-founder and the executive director of the charity. Her name is Sharon Marama, and this is her story. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Candy. I'm so glad I you're love here. Being here. Thank you very much. And our partnership goes way back, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But there I was at the grocery store the other day, pondering through the People magazine, and I go to page 53, and what do I see but you and Connor? Tell us about it. I know. It's pretty amazing. We're on newsstands. It was funny. So we received an email and this gentleman said, I am with People Magazine. We're doing some kindness awards. We would like to interview you. So I called my daughter and I said, is this real? (laughs) So we both looked it up, found out it was real, replied right away. And they interviewed us. And there we sit right in the middle of People Magazine. And what has the reaction been to this? Well, we have done a couple of podcasts other than yours, Candy. Uh We had one last night with World Gone Good, but we also received another email from The Sherry Show. Amazing. I know, we're going to New York. They interviewed Connor on Tuesday. Within two hours, they called back and said, can you get on a plane Sunday? We're going to tape you on Monday. Take us back to 2021 when the seed of this idea of quote unquote, spreading positivity, one act of kindness at a time was planted. 2021. Oh, COVID. It was just all over the place. It was the worst. (laughs) Life changed for everybody. People's lives were shifted and especially children. They were in isolation. They were quarantining. Social emotional skills were taking a dive. And at the time, I had a children's yoga business on the side. And parents were actually calling me asking if I could help their children, if I could do a little Zoom call with them. And I said, sure. So Connor started to ask me, you know, what's going on, Nana? Why are you doing all these Zoom calls with the children? And I proceeded to tell him a little bit about what was going on. And he said to me, Nana, what can we do to help the kids? He was only, I think, 11 and three quarters, maybe at the time. (laughs) Not yet 12. And of course, I just looked at him and I said, what do you think we should do? And his words to me were, while you have all those yoga things, maybe we can make up little care bags and give them out to the kids. And that's how we started. It was a little yellow bag with red harsh lettering on it that said COVID care bag. And we delivered those to children in our community. Do you remember your reaction to Connor at that moment? First of all, obviously a proud Nana moment, but it sounds like he's very wise beyond his years. (laughs) 
I think it's easy for me to talk about it now because I can reflect on it. But in the moment, I think I looked at him and went, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? Who are you? You know, he's special to me, but that just was something that I was really surprised at. As a human and as a person, he's genuinely kind, but I just didn't think that he wanted to take it to that next level. And speaking of that, tell us, what is the mission of Connor's Kindness Project? Uh, The mission of Connor's Kindness Project is really just to take our thoughts, think about how we treat everybody, but it's being able to take a challenging or vulnerable situation and make it into a positive moment. One act of kindness at a time. Tell us how the charity works. So Connor's Kindness Project, we incorporated in August of 2021, after Connor was able to do that with some lemonade stands, we actually created or crafted our own product, and it's a kindness kit. And the kindness kit is a little red box, nine by nine by four, with cherry red coloring, branded with beautiful colors, meant to attract children. Everything from the outside of the kit to inside of it is, Connor's words, we want the wow factor. So when you open the kit, there's a card that says you've been gifted a Connor's Kindness Kit. We hope this brings you hours of fun. And on the other side, it says you are loved. And inside that kit, there are things like Bombas socks, Play-Doh, Crayola crayons, a folding microscope, a Rubik's Cube, slime, stickers. It's just jam-packed with things that can be used over and over again. And they're delivered to children in hospitals and shelters across Massachusetts and into bordering states at this point. Well, Connor's Kindness Project, or CKP, as you also call it, has created some incredible relationships. And you just mentioned that with hospitals and with donors of products like Play-Doh for these kindness kits. Tell us how you've created those relationships. It was just reaching out and telling them what we were doing and having people feel connected to what we had accomplished and that they wanted to be a part of that. And I think that the fact that inside the kit, the products are beautiful, you know, and they can be used over and over again and they're trending. And there's some things that I played with when I was younger. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's multi-generational and people want to support that. You know, it's one thing, Sharon, for an idea like this to be hatched. It's another thing to make it real. It's not easy to do what you have done as the co-founder. So take us back to those early days where Connor's having a lemonade stand. He's having a yard sale. But you're trying to breathe life into this thing. (laughs) She sighs. (laughs) I sighed. Because, you know, it's taken steps. But we knew from the onset, based on his response, because when he said he wanted to do more, because we were doing little acts of kindness before, I said to him, well, this is not going to be Nana's Kindness Project. This is going to be Connor's Kindness Project, truthfully, part of where the name came from. (laughs) So we sat down and we talked about what it would look like for him. He's a very busy boy and we want him to, you know, still be a kid. We want him to experience those moments. So we talked about what would that look like for him and what would that look like for me. And we actually decided that we would deliver all of the deliveries together, which we have done up until very recently, because now we're far and wide. So we do have some volunteers. But the kindness kit in that special moment and how that came to fruition was just special. So you just talked about where you are now. Give us an update. How many volunteers are involved and how many hospitals? I mean, now it's really taken on a life of its own. Right. So the first year, which was three months at the end of 2021, we delivered 250 kindness kits to seven Boston hospitals. And we were very proud of that. And we didn't know where it was going to go. 
So our goal was the next year, like maybe we can deliver 500. Well, in 2022, we delivered 2,500 to over 20 locations wow. out into Southern Massachusetts, Central Mass, and Western Mass. So 2023 rolls around. What's our goal going to be after 2,500 kindness kits? Well, maybe we'll get to 3,000. We're at 3,600. Congratulations. So in two years, we have delivered over 5,000 of our kindness kits. What's the goal? Is to go national. And we're working on that. So I see that your daughter, Erica, is also part of this. Tell us how this all comes together as a family. Well, Erica works for Cummings Properties, and they have a foundation, and they're very giving. And Connor actually, because of the upbringing, was always doing volunteer work. Erica had him involved at a young age with Special Olympics, the Jimmy Fund, Alex's Lemonade Stand, Cradles to Crayons. So he was always involved in that. So I think it was an easy transition for them. So when we sat down and we did this, she became a big part of it too. She is our president and CEO. So she's my boss, (laughs) as is Connor. You had Connor's Kindness Walk recently. We did. Tell us how that went. Oh, it was fantastic. The community came together. We had Todd Angeli, who is now one of our board members, and he came together and sang the national anthem. He's the guy who sings it at the Bruins game, which is kind of fun. Our teen ambassadors came, our volunteers came, just the community together. They could make bracelets that say hashtag kind. The Girl Scouts came and they helped us and they did kindness rocks. We had a game of basketball. They spell kindness instead of horse. There's apparently some game with basketball that you spell horse. So it was kindness. We had cornhole. We had everything. We it had sounds balloons. like a community event. For it really sure. was. It was. You know, we have another fundraiser in the spring, which is cornhole for adults. So we tried to do one for adults to get sponsors and the older population involved. And then we have one that really is family orientated. Well, I first met Connor a few years ago when you reached out to me and you started creating kindness bracelets for every one of my guests on the story behind her success. I'm wearing one right now. Of course, we'll take some pictures. But how has this experience helped your grandson grow as a person? He amazes me. He can speak in front of a crowd now. He can tell his story because it is his story. It comes really easy to him. And he sees the progress and the impact that he's making, especially with the Kids Kindness Club that we have implemented. I'm guessing that you and Connor have plenty of kindness success stories. Can you share one or two with us today? So the Kids Kindness Club was started as an enrichment program for schools so that we can involve our younger population. And so Connor can inspire other children to do something like him. And he speaks to them when he attends the assembly. And if not, he has a recorded video that he talks about that he's in school and he can't be there. And what he does is he walks around, he asks children, what is an act of kindness that you have done? And he just really engages with the children and that's just something special. It's also something that he's learned from you and he's learned from his mom because the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree, does it? No, it does not. (laughs) And speaking of that, let's go to you. Take us back to your own childhood. Tell us where you're from and what life was like in your house. Okay. Woburn, Massachusetts. Grew up in the 1970s in high school. I had a wonderful childhood. I had a mom who 
just gave us everything that she could. I had a dad who worked hard, two, three jobs when he had to. Where does your work ethic come from? Because I read in your bio that you started working at Dunkin' Donuts as a teenager before school started. So at 4.30 in the morning, there you were making the donuts. 4.30 in the morning. And my grandparents lived next door. My dad worked nights. My mom did not drive. So my grandfather would get up in the morning and he would drive me over to Stoneham, which was one of the first Dunkin' Donuts in the area. And I would meet the baker and another girl that worked there. And we would actually make the donuts. We It's kidding. time to make the donuts. It was. Remember that, you know, that I do commercial? remember that. And that was actually us. And, you know, I had to do that because my parents wanted me to learn a good work ethic. So they gave me everything I needed, but anything extra that I wanted, I had to work for. So if I wanted that extra pair of Levi jeans, because that's all there was back then, I had to work for them. When you were growing up then, who was your role model, Sharon? My mom. What did she teach you that you value to this day? She taught me that sometimes there can be something that you come up against and it can be hard for you, but you just push through that and you move on. And what my mom did with her life was simply incredible. When we were young, she didn't drive. Actually, she never drove. She had a little bit of anxiety after she had five children, didn't want to leave the house. So my dad would take us grocery shopping to get us out of her hair. But what ended up happening was in high school, she wanted to transform her life. And she went back to school and she became a nurse wow. when I was in high school. What a lesson for a girl to see her mom do that. And guess when I went back to school? When I was 50 years old, I earned my college degree because I had a little detour early in life with an early pregnancy worked hard all those years. And then when my daughter went off to college, I said, this is my time. I went to college and I earned my bachelor's degree. I now teach at Middlesex Community College in radiology. And I'm the executive director of a nonprofit. Pretty amazing, right? You got a job. Let's back it up oh. just a little bit. You got a job in a dentist office that lasted you for 32 years. It was 1975. I went in for a dental appointment and it was my dad's friend. He had gone to high school with him and they played basketball together. The place was crazy. It was really busy. They were a very successful dental practice. And he said to me, as I was sitting in the chair with something in your mouth, as they always <laughs> love to do, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, I'm going to work at Burger King. And he said, I don't think so. I think you're going to start working here. And I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm just going to call your father. So he called my father that night. And guess what? I did give Burger King, uh, you know, I worked two weeks notice. I did give my notice. So you went from Dunkin' Donuts to Burger King to the dentist office. (laughs) I did. I worked at Burger King for a short period of time. So next day showed up, stayed there for 32 years. I loved my job. That was probably where I learned a lot about kindness and a lot about people. How did motherhood change you? Your daughter is Erica. My daughter is Erica. She fills my heart. When she was younger, I wanted to teach her to be strong to be an independent woman, not to have to depend on anybody else. That was just the era we grew up in, right? We wanted to instill that in our daughters, which I did. And she went on, she went to school, she earned her degree. Education, I was really focused on for her. And after that, we became best friends. We always were, but you know, you hit those turbulent teenage years. (laughs) Oh, yes. How did becoming a grandparent change you? I was actually in the delivery room because it came so fast. And so I have an only child, Erica, and Erica has an only child, Connor. So my world is very small, but very full of love. Erica learned a lot from my mom. They were an awful lot alike, but Erica has become my best friend. And 
we do so much together. And, you know, Connor's Kindness Project, you know, we're running this together and she has a full-time job. So at night we're having these little mini meetings that we're trying to get things done. And I just think that having Connor come into my life, it just shifted things. Again, another transition, right? Things happen. And I went from focusing on a career to focusing on Connor and focusing on what Erica and Connor needed and being the best mother and grandmother that I could be. Creating a nonprofit, though, Mm. is not for the faint of heart. It's very much like being an entrepreneur. Wouldn't you agree? Did you have a mentor? I also know you're a member of the Women's Business League, and you and I are huge fans of them. They're supporters of this show. Women helping women succeed. How has the mentoring worked for you? Did you have a lot of teachers along the way to help you? I just think overall, I'm kind of a very observant person. So I try to pay attention to how things become successful. Well, we sure do need more kindness these days. How do you define kindness? I define kindness as taking what's in you and giving it to someone else to make them feel better. I am that person that when I go to Starbucks, I learn everybody's name. I want everyone to feel special. And I think that when you do that, you can actually change someone's life. Last three questions. We ask everybody who is a guest on our program. And thank you once again for joining us today. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I sit, I think, I ponder. Then I consider what would be the best outcome, what would be the worst outcome. And typically the best outcome usually wins because I think to myself, I can do this. And then I listen to my gut and I follow my heart. It's that simple. What's the best piece of advice, Sharon, that you've ever received? And can you pass that along to our listeners today? Yes. If there's an obstacle in your way and you have a goal that you want to reach, push it out of the way. Push it out of the way or step over it and keep moving forward because that goal will become a reality. Final question. I believe that our lives are lived in chapters. And if I had asked you this way back when you were working at the dentist office, you might have a different answer from being the co-founder of a charity. What does success mean to you? Being a decent human, being a good person, taking challenges, working through them, and getting to a goal. And you know what? Not having that be the final goal, pushing that a little bit further. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Sharon Marama, the executive director and the co-founder of Connor's Kindness Project. Find out more and donate to this incredible charity today, connorskindnessproject.com. Your donation will surely help 14-year-old Connor continue to spread kindness wherever he goes. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone I should feature on the show, will you please reach out and nominate her today? I get so many of these nominations, but I still want to hear from you. Just go to candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y. O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.